Hi, I'm Bill Arnold. Thank you for listening to this podcast. There are many more podcasts available at MyFaithRadio.com. Your support makes this possible. Thank you. And a warm welcome to the afternoon show. I'm Bill Arnold, and I'm awfully glad to be here. It's always a, a, something I consider a great privilege and blessing, and I usually don't use those kind of words, but they just seem so perfect today because here we are. It's uh, getting towards the end of a uh, beautiful summer, and the weather has been hot and humid. But you know what? That's one of the real joys of summer is you get to enjoy some of that because uh, Patrick and I, who's going to be my guest in just a 30 seconds, lives in Des Moines, Iowa, and we both know what it's like to experience uh, winter. And so does Ryan, who's producing the show. And so, I don't know, I'm one of those guys that goes, all right, I'm, I'm a little uncomfortable with some of the heat and humidity, but boy, it's summer, and let's uh, enjoy each day. Patrick is my friend and confidant from the great state of Iowa in the prestigious town of West Des Moines. Patrick, welcome back, as always. Thank you. And uh, uh, yes, it's hot here, but you can go into air conditioning, you can jump into a pool. Yeah. You know, people in the winter, they say, oh, I don't mind it because you can warm up. I said, yeah, that's after the frostbite. It just, <laughs> it's not, yeah. you know, I, I always, like, I figure, okay, if I get stuck on the side of the road because my car overheated, it's going to be hot, but I'll live. Right, <laughs> right, that's true. I I get stuck on the side of the road in a, you know, 30 below zero uh, blizzard, and I go, well, that's it. I'm an ice cube. <laughs> it's, yeah. I'm, I'm going to be found in a couple of months, and they're going to say, there he is. Yeah. And of course, you yeah. just went through the Iowa State Fair uh, this week or last week, and ours starts this Thursday. So it's that fair time. It's that end of the summer that says, you know, boy, we're wrapping things up. Yeah, yeah. I mean, for us, the State Fair always says school starts next week, yeah. and, uh, which it does. And, you know, we, we went and, you know, you sample all the foods, and I think I put 20,000 steps in that day. Uh, and you know, saw nothing, <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. although, you know, I think that was actually kind of fun, um, because I was, th I was comparing the Iowa state fair to, um, the, the, the state, I think I went to a California state fair and they, they have different things, you know, uh, like there's the indigenous animals and in the California state fair, those would be Hollywood agents, you know, <laughs> mm -hmm. we have, you know, Iowa prides itself on agriculture and California prides itself on aggravation. We have, you know, mm -hmm. they have, we have this thing called the hall of pride and I go, well, similar California has the hall of egos. Yeah, <laughs> very, good point. Very Excellent similar point. attractions. Yeah. 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 Well, and then of course we, we have the biggest pig in Iowa and they have the biggest boar in Hollywood. So, <laughs> uh, which, which might be Matt Damon. I'm not sure. Hard to say. Sorry. Yeah. H hard to say. Uh, but yeah. I've been thinking about this week, uh, about the, the people who have experienced an answered prayer, like within the last week, mm -hmm. I would love to hear from you because I pray that it will be a source of encouragement because I've, I've had an answered prayer uh, in the last week, uh, a friend who's had some difficulty uh, with breathing has had uh, a kind of a renewed sense of uh, energy and vigor, and that brought great joy to me. And that was a prayer that I've been praying for a while. And you know, I'm, so I'm asking today if you've experienced an answered prayer in the last week or so. I'd love to know what it is. I pray yeah. that it will be an encouragement. Now, some people might hear uh, 
good news of unanswered prayer and they might feel discouraged because, oh, here's another person who had a prayer answered and I still haven't gotten mine answered. But I I think there's more uh, advantage to sharing the joy of answered prayer. Um, It's like my guest Heather Holloman said to me, every rejection is God's protection. So maybe your answer to your prayer is uh, not now or no, or I have something better in mind because God has uh, information about your life that you don't have. So isn't that a way you can just trust him? Yeah. Well, I would I would even add to that, uh, that uh, I've had prayers answered without even knowing that I was praying for something. And, and I know that sounds kind of goofy. It doesn't, Patrick, because the Holy Spirit prays on your behalf. Well, I must applaud his work. Because... <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Because you know there have been times where I've had things that I, I that have happened that you say, well, that came. Where did that come from? Uh, it's you know it's not just the uh, prayers that you say. Maybe there's a delayed answer. It doesn't come out the way you want, or or sometimes not getting what you asked for was actually the right path. I've had we've all I think had that experience. We mm-hmm. say, here's what I thought I wanted. You know, um, you know, I wanted to be a rap star, and I'm so glad that prayer did not get oh, answered. Oh, me too. Yeah, turned yeah. out I didn't have any talent, none. Yeah, uh, absolutely zero. But, but uh, you know, there were times where I've had. Uh, I don't know if I've told the story, but I got stood up for a date once, which led to me scrambling to find somebody to go to see the play Les Misérables. I mean, I've got beautiful. I think it was orchestra, second row, center seats for this date and I realized she's not showing up and I scrambled to call a friend who uh, I knew had zero dollars and would probably say yes because she loved theaters could never go mm-hmm. and afterwards we head to a place where I end up getting a job just because I happened to be there the day that somebody quit on just earlier it was a friend of hers she says let's go see my friend he what's new oh, I quit my job I ended up with that job which then led to another job which then led to a complete change in the path of my career. Uh, yeah. And, and on top of it, I remember running into the person, the woman who stood me up for the date, uh, six months later and realizing what a, you know, the old, I dodged a bullet. Sure. I think that's a bit extreme. You say, boy, do I feel protected? And this was before I became a Christian. This was before a lot of things. I wasn't praying for anything in particular. Yeah. And I, but I look back and I say, I felt God, I look back now and I say, God was intervening in my life. Yeah, absolutely. So if you've experienced an answer to a prayer recently and you'd be willing to share it, we'd love to celebrate uh, and give God the praise and glory for his beautiful answer to your prayer. 877-933-2484. Again, 877-933-2484. We spend so much time petitioning God in prayer and I, I sometimes ask, and Patrick, we had this conversation earlier today, uh, do we ask God to journey through our life circumstances with us, or do we go to him because we want him to get us out of whatever circumstances we're in? Well, I know for me the latter uh, can be you know, a primary reason, because uh, it's when you notice you say, I think I'm in hot water now, or this, you know, it's, I've run out of... Um, uh, I've run out of solutions. I, I have to, I, you know, I, it, it's almost there's, there's a, a certain level of hubris, so to speak, where you say to yourself, or I'll speak on my behalf, I got this, I got this, I got this, I don't got this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And 
you know, sometimes I even find myself waiting uh, as if I go, well, maybe this isn't a big enough thing to take to God, or maybe I feel like I have a limited number of requests to God, uh, or I, I you know, often is just a, a stubbornness to, to say, I've got this. And, you know, I think what's so bad about opening up the conversation with God over anything? Yeah, every detail of your life should be turned over to him. Uh, however big, however small. Honestly, I think that's how you practice the presence of God is just to have a running conversation with him throughout the day. And if yeah. you're doing that, you're going to find yourself 25 times in one day giving him thanks, giving him praise, saying, thank you for the way in which you are present in my life today. Uh, thank you for opening my eyes, showing me gratitude, giving me an opportunity to share the hope I have in my heart with others. Trust me, that well, is a beautiful way to live. So I, I can give you kind of an unusual example of that. As you know, about four or five weeks ago, I pinched my sciatic nerve. And uh, uh, so it's it's not doing a good job of healing, and it's changed what I can do. It's painful to lay down. It's painful to sit. But the only time it doesn't seem to hurt is walking. Hmm. So I've turned into this walking fanatic. Um, just, you know, I, I have created a whole bunch of paths in my neighborhood now where I go on a two to three or sometimes even a four mile walk because I said, well, it's activity and it doesn't hurt. Mm -hmm. And it has turned into this wonderful communication time with God because it's something about walking. Yeah. And we have this beautiful area. It's called the green belt where it's just beautiful trees and little creeks and it goes for miles and miles and miles and cuts in and out of uh, some of our local streets. And so here you are, you're in nature. It's just you walking and you're alone and you suddenly find, well, I have nobody to talk to but God right now. Maybe and that's, so you do. Maybe that's exactly the way God orchestrated this. Hey, I need some extra time with Patrick. I'm going <laughs> to arrange for... Uh, him to spend time with me, and here's how he's going to do it. Little old sciatic pinch, little is old that sciatica. it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you have a, an answer to a prayer recently, and you'd be willing to share it, uh, of course you can be anonymous, but just we would love to celebrate what God's doing in your life in terms of an answered prayer. I do think it's encouraging for uh, others to hear God is definitely answering prayers. I know there's plenty of us that have been praying a prayer for uh days, months, years, or decades, especially when it comes to the salvation of a loved one or a prodigal that has wandered away and you want them mm -hmm. desperately returned to faith and you continue to pray, pray, pray. And God hears every one of those prayers and stores every one of them in heaven. And we just want to see what God is doing in your life. Uh, and, and maybe when you hear this, you're, you're, you're bursting with a need. So if you just have something you just need to send and you need us to pray, go ahead and do that. We're, we're just wanting to hear celebratory things, but we're also absolutely open to praying for someone who feels like they're in need or crisis today because that's one of the reasons we're here. 877-933-2484. Again, 877-933-2484. Patrick Albanese is my friend and my uh, the way I love to start Mondays, as you know, a merry heart's like good medicine. We'll be right back. Hi there and welcome. If you are a new listener, we want to officially welcome you with a free welcome packet gift. 
Request yours today at MyFaithRadio.com. Patrick Albanese is my guest. He claims to be having a great day. My question is, Patrick, have you overlooked something? No. Well, I mean, I'm adjusting for inflation, of course. <laughs> I think everybody is. I think everybody is. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's it. Isn't it funny how you you run into that? We you know with people where you try to have that that friendly greeting, uh, and you try not to. Just, I was trying to learn a foreign language once, and I said, "Well, you just all you have us do is saying the same thing over and over again." And then I think I had a teacher that said, "Well, observe yourself in English one day." And I said, "Okay." So it's like, "How's it going? Good. How's you? Good." And you think by the end of the day, I said, "I just say like five sentences in English all day long. (laughs) Mm -hmm. That's it. Just repeat them over and over again with everybody I see." And so I set out to always look for maybe a slightly different way. To answer the question, and you realize when you do that, it catches people a little bit off guard because they're just expecting that quick back and forth, right? Yeah, yeah. Hey, how's it going? Good. How about you? Good. Yeah, that's true. You know, that's true. You know, well, what was that exchange? It yeah. was worthless. So let's have some fun with this. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so uh, adjusted for inflation, I am doing extremely well. Good. If you've experienced an answer to a prayer and you'd be willing to share, we'd love to hear it. 877 2484. I do believe it will encourage everybody who's listening. Uh, just the first one uh, that came in, one of our daughters who is stumbling spiritually has recently been devouring God's word and is so excited about her faith again. Now, I tell you, that is going to ring true for a, a lot of mom and dads and grandmas and grandpa's hearts who have had a child or a grandchild move away from faith only to return with excitement. And devouring God's word, I love that. Wow, that's. I, I think I've told you about the time my uh, my brother had dealt with cancer for years, and uh, I get a call from my mom, and uh, she says, you know, Bob's in, in a coma, and they say, you know, uh, he'll probably pass in the next couple of days. And uh, so I hop on a plane from Los Angeles, and I get to Chicago, and I make my way to the hospital. And uh, everybody's praying all along just, you know, for peace and for, you know, for no pain. And I walk into that hospital room and there you're sitting in his bed eating. He says, what are you doing here? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. Yeah, I said, I said, I, uh, he goes, you didn't think I was dying, did you? It's like, no, 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 no. I was was in the neighborhood. Yeah. He goes, you live in, what do you mean in the (laughs) neighborhood? I tried to pull the neighborhood thing. But, uh, you know, and was it an answered prayer? I, I believe so. The whole yeah. family believed so. And you know, he did pass a few years later. But uh, it was one of those things where uh, I think we were all kind of struck by the suddenness of it. Because we were told this is the end. And it was, I think, about three years off from the end. And we got to have more time together. And it also put us all on a path to make sure that we stayed connected as a family. Yeah. Let each other know we love each other, yeah. and it was, you know, ultimately it, it it drew us all so close to each other, which we weren't a close family before that. We we weren't the kind that shared, you know, hey, love you. We didn't. We never did that before. Yeah, this uh, just came in, which I think is an interesting addendum to what you just said, Patrick Albanese. Is I don't have an answer prayer to share, but I was wondering if anyone has seen something that could only be explained by providence. 
Um, so I certainly think that that shows up often in people's lives. Like it was God's providence that you came back early to see Bob, your brother, who you thought was dying, but the whole thing turns out to be a stepping stone to the family communicating better and being uh, closer. Yeah. I think that's God's providence. Uh, yes, I do. I, well, I think, you know, it's interesting, as you know, when my mother was, she had about six months left. Uh, they said about six months. Um, I was coming from uh, Des Moines to Minneapolis. I said, I'm just going to take a side trip to Chicago, see my mom in the hospital f- for a day before I have to get to Minneapolis. And so I got to the hospital and she passed an hour later. Wow. I do remember and that. I, she she would have been alone in the room. Uh, we didn't get to, to speak. Yeah. But everybody says, well, she must have known somebody was there and that it's like it was okay. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. As Jesus was coming for her, you were there. It was beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. But I, you know, that was a last minute decision says, you know, I'm just going to go to Chicago. Uh-huh. I don't know. I said, you know, it's, I got six, like we got six months and I can do all these other trips. I can go there every weekend if I want, but let me just take this one trip on my way to Minneapolis, mm-hmm. a little out of the way. And it, it was, I don't want to, and I hate to use the word light, the word life changing, isn't it? I'm trying to say it just had a, a very f- profound impact on me because I felt something there, mm-hmm. which I'm not much of a feeler. Guy, yeah, as you're you know. more of a thinker and a joker. All right. Here's yes. one, Patrick. My friend, <laughs> Cindy was house hunting and lost out on multiple homes that she thought were perfect. She was so discouraged. But we kept praying God would give her the house he wanted her in. Sure enough, she found a house in an even better location for a much lower price with unexpected upgrades she hadn't even thought about. They were able to quickly sell their current house and can't believe how wonderful their new home is. Praise God. Wow. Yeah, I think we've all had some of those happen. You know, how I ended up just getting to know you was was certainly divine providence. And even meeting my wife, which was just one of those things where you say, look at how everything just laid out in this sort of apple pie order. I, I'm much better at the forensics afterwards. Yeah. And I can see, I don't often hear God speaking to me saying, go west, young man. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. But I do look back and say, oh, I, I see the footprints. I see the fingerprints all over everything. Yeah. And I do want to encourage uh, everyone listening today that God is so at work in your life. God is working behind the scenes, and sometimes God is busier working in non-obvious ways than he is obvious ways. And I think that's uh, a good reminder. I I always feel encouraged to think God is working in my life in non-obvious ways. And, you know, I'm just going to trust that that his sovereignty is and his plan is perfect, and uh, he's to be trusted and he has information about my life that I don't have. And isn't that a warm, wonderful thought? Well, I, there's certainly things we haven't thought of. You know, I, I know I can look back and see times where I, I said, well, why did life go this way? I was, even if I wasn't praying for something else, I realized that uh, these these were prayers that were answered that weren't requested. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I oh look at that. Look at these look at look at the direction my life went or this event that happened. Obviously, you know, uh what ultimately ended up with uh, me and you know having this family life that I have. I I sometimes look at the tenuous connections from point A to how I got to whatever point this is. Mm-hmm. But it's certainly not a straight line and it you know, some territory gets covered again. But uh, each one is this 
you know, there's a slight detour somewhere that you say, where did that come from? And then eventually it all adds up to that God was just directing so much, or at least making paths open to me, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And I've, I've always believed that there's nothing inconsequential in God's economy. I know I've said that before on the show, but I, I do believe uh, it's true there. And I think you're a great illustration because I met you after a two week, uh, two weeks of frustration looking to hire somebody for my show, and I met you at the eleventh hour. With yeah, literally. Second... Well, just yeah, it was nine thirty actually. It was nine thirty. <laughs> I was leaving at six thirty in the morning, and I had given up that I wasn't going to find somebody. And I had a four or five minute conversation with you, and boom, twenty five years later, we we have this yeah. this friendship, and you had. Uh, an amazing run doing the show. Uh, you you know met your wife, and now you've got a family and kids living in Des Moines, living large. It's great. And it was a trip that I wasn't going to take, that I had to be talked into to hop in a car, go down to San Diego on my day off, and go see some goofy show. Uh, and sitting in a car with a you know four magicians. If you haven't done it, ladies and gentlemen, yeah, don't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah. more more card tricks than you ever want to see. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, and and then even uncustomary for me was to go up and ask for a job or ask if jobs were available. Yeah. You know, normally I would keep that kind of thing to myself, but I was so overcome with what I had seen, yeah. and so felt connected to that this was something. I said, "This is for me. Yeah. This is for me. I yeah. have to ask." And Not- so. Nothing is inconsequential in God's economy. Here's another one, Patrick. Mm -hmm. My husband applied for a different job and was perfect for it. He didn't get it and was really disappointed. One year later, that company closed the store in our city and moved all the jobs three hours away to a city we would never move to. Thank you, God. Yeah. 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 yeah, I've, you know, actually I try to teach my daughter that who she's interested in auditioning for things, she auditions for shows and things. I show her the disappointment I have if I audition for something and don't get it. I I, I don't harp on those things. But uh, I want her to see that you can be disappointed, you have your window, and then the next day you're over it. You know, you're Scarlett O'Hara, the plantation's burning down, Rep Butler has left your life, and she says, well, tomorrow's another day. <laughs> and you know, yeah. I mean, the, the ultimate optimist, but you, you almost have to 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 be that way and sometimes look at these as what was how did you use that phrase about rejection um, protection yeah, rejection yeah. every rejection is god's protection that's pretty I, good i will always look at things that way saying this it just means that uh, this wasn't for me yeah do you want to uh, start auditioning to be on the show every monday would that sure. <laughs> would that what help is your... it i have to <laughs> <laughs> i don't know if that would help your psyche a little bit cuz i'll probably say yes every week and then so every audition you go to you'll get a yes yeah. for i don't know if that'll help well can i send in a taped audition uh, just... <laughs> no it's probably have to be live we'll just do it on the air How, how's that that'll save okay time. a All live right. audition and All the right. audience can vote yes yeah. i like that that's it for today patrick have a great week okay. hey thanks i was going to leave with one thought though okay one thought the need to be right is the height of arrogance mm. prove me wrong <laughs> all right talk to you next time thanks you bet after a short break dr mark muska is going to do a extended version of Ask the Professor whole 90 minutes so get your questions ready send them over 877-933-2484 be right back
It's the afternoon show with Bill Arno. Drive time, drive time. Let's get it started. Jump in your car. What's for dinner? It's the afternoon show with Bill Arno. So glad to have my friend Dr. Mark Muska with me for a little extended version of Ask the Professor. Uh, so get your questions over, send them to 877-933-2484. Mark taught here for 30-some years and is not only a very wise man, but a guy who loves God's Word and is afraid of no question. And he's also oh, he's also not that's afraid... not true. Well, no, you're also not afraid to say, I don't know, which I love. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. So, Marcus, I was kind of reading through the story of Cain and Abel. Um, yeah. You know, I'm thinking... Uh, they're both presenting their offerings, right? Um, mm-hmm. One was uh, uh, a farmer, one was a shepherd. So they're, uh, one was planting and harvesting crops and Abel became a shepherd and they're, they're making their offerings, okay? Right. Doesn't that seem like, uh, okay, uh, they both offered the best of what they could. Yep. And it yep. went on to say that God was, was not, God was not pleased with what Cain offered. Mm-hmm. And then yet he gave him the chance to redeem himself, t- telling him how he could remedy the situation. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll read Genesis 4, 6, and 7. It says, Then the Lord said to Cain, Why are you angry? Why are you dejected? If you act rightly, you will be accepted. But if not, sin lies in wait at the door. Its urge is for you, yet you can rule over it. Yeah. So my question, Dr. Mark Muska, is what what is the... What is the story teaching us today? Well, it's got, you know, secondary applications that we can take out of it. I think, you, you know, you look for the primary uh, interpretation and and reason that it's in Genesis. You know, you've got so many thousands of years that are covered in Genesis and very little is actually talked about. So this must be important for something because there's a whole lot that's skipped in the history of humanity in Genesis. And uh, the primary uh, uh, lesson that comes out of here is just the the spread of sin so quickly that, uh, you know, you look at Genesis 3 and say, okay, you know, Adam and Eve, they, they kiped a piece of fruit off of this tree. What is the big deal? <laughs> mm-hmm. you know? I mean, that is just, but here you can see, and it really teaches us about the the effects of sin, that sin is progressive and it multiplies. It's very much like a malignant cancer that it becomes much worse. So uh, here, just in one chapter, one generation, Cain and Abel, their children here, it goes from stealing fruit to murder. Mm-hmm. He kills his brother over this. And so that, I think this, that's, we have to keep that in the center of the context of this. But things we can take from this, uh, I feel we, we have to recognize there's a whole lot more going on here. God must have communicated to Cain and Abel the need for animal sacrifice. And it's not enough to bring your offering of your your grain offerings here for Cain. And that's why it says in verse 5 there that God had no regard for Cain's offering. And he became angry because of that. So uh, that uh, it, it teaches us that we don't set the terms for the way that we approach God and the way that we please him. He's the one that sets the terms. Last I time that. I checked, uh, God is Lord and we are his servants. Mm-hmm. And it's not the other way around. 
I think sometimes we wouldn't say it out loud, but we say, you know, well, this is what I want, God, so put the old rubber stamp on it, would you please? And we treat God like the genie in the bottle or the our our servant rather than the other way around. So mm-hmm. that I, I don't think you can leave that behind. Uh, obviously, when Moses is writing this, they have the law. They understand the sacrifices. So for these people that are hearing this, they know what's going on. The grain offering isn't going to be enough. At the time, God must have communicated it somehow to Cain, the same thing here. So uh, this is, uh, uh, I think it's pretty good uh, illustration, if nothing more, that uh, we uh, we do what God uh, demands of us as our Lord. We don't. We don't initiate it. I also like it too. The way verse seven. Wow! It really shows the nature of sin and the consequences of doing well and sinning. Uh, if you do well, your countenance will be lifted up. You will. You will uh, prosper. Could I say you will? You'll be yeah. happier. And then this is a very powerful statement when he says, if you do not do well, my translation says sin is crouching at the door and its desire is for you, but you must master it. Its desire isn't some nice, a sweet desire. Oh, I just want to be your buddy uh, here, Cain. It's the desire to devour him and to dominate him. And sure enough, that's what happens when he kills his brother. This is where Cain's life crashes and burns. He's he's finished. This is awful, the direction that his life goes in. And uh, I think the New Testament confirms this, that sin is progressive if we say yes to temptation and allow it to gain more control in our lives, the sin gets worse, either in our attitudes or what we're doing or the consequences of it. It never stays benign and just something simple. It It's a deadly cancer of the soul and of the spirit. And we have to be careful, even in those seemingly innocent things. Oh, just a little white lie. Or, mm-hmm. Oh, you know, I, I just took a couple of three by five cards from the office. Oh, no big deal. You know, that kind of thing. We got, It's good to step back and take another look at that and make sure we're, uh, we're not giving sin a hold to then take over and have a more dominant place in our lives. I mean, if you wanted to talk about that in Romans 1, we sure could because Let's Paul, do it. Paul talks about the progression of sin, and uh, it's very uh, powerful. Uh, Romans 1 is a difficult passage because Paul starts out talking about the human need, why the gospel was necessary, and he gets in there and makes a closed case for the utter sinfulness of humanity. Uh, doesn't matter if we've heard the law and the Bible or not. This sin is in us and it corrupts us. And Paul starts this in Romans 1.18 by saying, The wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth and unrighteousness. And he, he unpacks that. But the passage that's, that's really interesting is that toward the end of the passage, it's almost poetic where Paul is talking about because of sin and exchanging the glory of God for idolatry and images, three times he uses the same expression, and the Hebrews loved this kind of parallelism, where he says in verse 24, therefore God gave them over in the lust of their hearts to impurity. Verse 26, for this reason, God gave them over to degrading passions. Verse 28, 
After this, they did not see fit to acknowledge God any longer. God gave them over to a depraved mind. Can you see the progression of sin there? Oh, yeah. (laughs) In verse 24, God gave them over to impurity. Mm -hmm. It defiled them. It made them impure when they turned from God and turned to sin. But then, as they continued with that impurity, verse 26, God gave them over to degrading passions. This isn't just impurity. This is something that's gaining control over, to have these passions that are dominating you towards sin and away from God. And then the worst is verse 28, God gave them over to a depraved mind. That depraved mind, Bill, it means it's got the idea that they did not even have the ability to discern good from evil anymore. And they were urging people to do the wrong thing that they were doing, and they were giving hearty approval to that. They had lost their ability to discern right from wrong. So you see the progression there? You let this get a foothold in your life. Look out, brother. Impurity, degrading passion, and then this thing about a depraved mind. So, Dr. Mark Muska is my guest. Uh, Questions to 877-933-2484. But when you uh, give Christ your allegiance, don't you say yes to that above every other personal pleasure or any other thing that could lead you apart and away from him? You bet. And that's what hopefully happens when we recognize that Jesus did not just die to save us from the penalty of sin, which is death, which is separation from God. But he also died to become our master and our Lord and to give us the ability to follow him and to actually say no to that temptation and break that progression. But then it's a whopper of a battle that takes place. And Paul gets into right into the middle of that later in Romans, in Romans 6 and 7, when he talks about, uh, do not present the members of your body to sin as instruments of righteousness, the members of your body, your hands, your eyes, your ears, your feet, but present the members of your body to God as instruments of righteousness. So we make that decision and we commit ourselves to live the, the vernacular we use for it, Bill, as we say, we, we decide that Jesus will be the Lord of our life, that he is the master, we're not. And so when that happens, though, right in the next chapter after he says that in Romans 6, he gets into this terrific battle that takes place, though, between the ongoing tug of sin and the rightness that we know in our minds of what we do if we follow Christ. And he ends the chapter by saying, wretched man that I am, who's going to deliver me from this bondage, this bond of death? And he says, thanks be to God through Christ. And so uh, we're still, the battle's not over. You've, you've declared war on this sin, but you're going to, you're going to face battles the rest of your life. You're going to win some, you're going to lose some, hopefully you gradually win more and lose less. But uh, anybody that's not going to acknowledge that, I just question their honesty, uh, that anyone looks at this in their heart. I've I've been a Christian for over 50 years. That battle's still going on. I still have to say no to temptation and to say yes to Christ. Thank God his spirit gives us the power and the ability to say no to that temptation. Otherwise, we're sunk, Bill. You know, we uh, are dead in the water. I agree, Mark. Yeah. So I just want to go back to this offering that Cain and Abel made, where sure. um, Abel brought God the fatty portion of his flock, 
and Cain presented God with some of the harvest. Now, I know this is maybe a dumb question, but when they were making these offerings, how were they doing that? And how were they understanding from God that God was not pleased or God was pleased with one, but not the other? That's a really good question. Did they just walk away from the fatty portion and then go, here's your offering? Or did they make the offering and go, all right, God, there it is. Now it's time to eat. Yeah, uh, th- this uh, this has been speculated on because, again, Genesis doesn't give us all those details. You, you, so many times in the Scripture, don't you wish you could tap the author on the shoulder and say, wait, 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 yes. wait, here, would you explain that a little bit? Yes. Of what's happening there. And obviously he thinks his re- readers are going to uh, be able to understand this. And so uh, he, he doesn't really explain it. Uh, he only says the Lord had regard for Abel and for his offering, but for Cain and his offering, he had no regard. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's been expressed poetically sometimes where the smoke from the offering, it rose when Abel uh, sacrificed these animals and the smoke didn't Okay. when, when Cain. I forgot about that detail, Yes. Nice theory. The Bible doesn't say that. No, that's but, that, yeah, and but so, I've heard that theory. Yeah, but you can see that people are trying to understand exactly how God communicated right. to the two of them, that the one was acceptable and the one was not. Thankfully, for the Old Testament believers, it was spelled out exactly for them in the law, that how to make the offerings that please the Lord. And again, this was according to what God stipulated, not what they made up. If they wanted to approach God, they had to approach him exactly the way he spelled it out in the law. They didn't have freedom here to uh, to get creative or something like that. Mm-hmm. So interesting, because right now, today, if we're going to make an offering, we're going to do an act of service or write a check or give out a credit card number. And, and that's how we do offerings. Yep. yep. Does that sound about right? Well, sure. Uh, that we offer our very lives. I mean, that, that get back to that Romans 6 bill, when he uses that term, present the members of your body to God as instruments of righteousness, that word present is a sacrificial term. Okay. That would be the word that would be used as they offered the animals in the temple. Yeah. All right. We'll take a break. Dr. Mark Muska is my guest. Uh, and if you have a question for Ask the Professor, please send it over. 877-933-2484. Again, 877-933-2484. We'll be right back. We want to pray for you. We all need prayer. We would love to pray for you. The Faith Radio team is serious about prayer, and we pray for specific listener requests every week. Share your prayer requests with us anonymously and securely on our website at myfaithradio.com. I'm back with Dr. Mark Muska. It is Ask the Professor, one of my all-time favorite segments because I love Mark and I love his teaching and I love his godly spirit and attitude. And if you have a question, 877-933-2484, we'll ask on your behalf. I know you got something. Let me know what it is. All right, Mark, let's look at Ezekiel chapter 18, verse 24. Now, I I know we can't take this verse out of its context, so I don't want to obviously do that, but... It says, 
But if a righteous person turns from their righteousness and commits sin and does the same detestable things the wicked person does, will they live? Mm -hmm. None of the righteous things that person has done will be remembered. Because of the unfaithfulness they are guilty of and because of the sins they have committed, they will die. Mm -hmm. Now, is that just a physical death or is that an eternal separation? Would an Israelite in in the Old Testament who believes... Would, would that person think that they're going to lose their salvation if they fell into sin? Yeah, I don't know if they'd use those kind of terms, Bill. That's more New Testament okay. language than it is Old Testament. But it certainly is warning the socks off of the guys, isn't it? Oh, yeah. That, that hey, you know, uh, it's great that you have uh, walked with God and have been faithful. But uh, if you turn away from that... Uh, are you, you know, are th- th- those uh, things going to be remembered? It's, it's the treachery is here that's committed. That's, that's uh, he, he's going to die for that. It could be that it means physical death. Yeah. There, there is some evidence of that, just very slim in the New Testament. Uh, in 1 Corinthians, it talks about this, where uh, that someone will be saved, yet uh, they will be, pre- they prematurely will die because mm-hmm. of something they've did, done that didn't please the Lord. But uh, I don't really I like to get into this kind of speculation, Bill, okay. because uh, the, first of all, uh, whether someone belongs to God or not, and in our age, it, if they are in Christ and Christ is in them or not, uh, that is something that we cannot verify tangibly. As you know, there's no voice that comes out of heaven when someone uh, puts their faith in the gospel. There's no voice that shouts out, "Okay, it worked. You're good. You're in next." You know that kind of thing. Uh, we we see the fruit of those kinds of decisions to either believe the gospel, put our trust in it, depend on Jesus to forgive our sins, or not. So that's one question: Is someone? Do they really belong to Christ? Because there's a lot of ways that we can come close to the kingdom Amen. and not really make that declaration of dependence on Jesus. And sometimes, uh, this is one of my hobby horses. You know this. I get going and I jabber on it forever, that uh, I, I hold churches and preachers and those who spread the gospel responsible. you got to be crystal clear about this. It doesn't matter how much somebody goes to church or not, or whether they throw money in the plate or not, or if they teach in the Sunday school class, or if they just smile to their neighbors and help the little old lady across the street. All that stuff is good, but that's deadly if it's distracting from making that decision. Yes, Lord Jesus, I'm depending on you. Your death on the cross is going to forgive everything I've ever done, and it's going to forgive everything I ever will do, too. That's the only thing that's going to make me right with God and give me forgiveness of my sins and give me eternal life. And so that's a big issue that we have to get into. But even then, if someone looks like they've put their faith in the gospel, and it seems as though they've understood that, depending on Jesus to forgive their sin and give them peace with God, but then if they wander away, uh, did they really know Jesus in the first place? Perhaps, and they're a prodigal case, and they they will come back to him eventually. Or uh, maybe they didn't, and now this is evidence of this, that they go off into sin. Uh, Do you see all of 
the snares here, Bill. Mm-hmm. There's all kinds of possibilities, but a, not a whole lot of certainties here that we can point to because only God knows these things of the heart. We can only go by what people do and what people say to give us evidence of which direction this goes. So where I'm going to here, Bill, is this looks like a legitimate warning, and it doesn't look like it's just Old Testament, that someone wanders off and is involved in doing these kinds of treacherous acts and that they have no reason to think that somehow they've got a ticket to heaven yet. Yeah. They they need to be <laughs> talked to. I don't know what the right word is here. Uh, we live in a nice, friendly world, so I don't know if you'd want to warn them. <laughs> yeah. uh, I'd want to warn them yeah. to say, pal, that, that's great that you went forward in church 20 years ago and decided to put your faith in the gospel. Look what's going on now. What's happening here? Right. This is a contradiction. We got to we got to talk. If I love the person, I, I'm, aren't I going to talk to them about that and and find out what's going on? And so uh, this to me is a real thing. And those who are are truly who truly belong to Christ, you know what their reaction to this kind of warning is, Bill? It's introspection, where they look at themselves and they come before God and say, "Dear Jesus." If this is me, make the conviction clear because mm-hmm. I do want to follow you. And if I'm going off into sin and wickedness, stop me. Yeah, well, that, that That is such great evidence that, that their salvation is real. That's for sure because if a person has turned to idolatry or, or, or immorality and you confront them and they don't like it, um, that's probably a person that w- prefers to just live their life the way they want to. Right, and that's the time where you really have to seriously be concerned. So just the way in which they respond when you lovingly and yeah. gently but truthfully talk to them about this, that, that tells you a lot. Yeah. So yeah. Have I given anything here? I mean, I just, Oh, you're given lots, yeah. It, it's just such a—we love to wade in there into the things we can't really confirm. Whether someone is ever a Christian in the first place or whether they truly lost their salvation— I can get into those discussions, but practically speaking, I'm going to talk with somebody like this yeah. that's wandered off. And yeah. whether they were a Christian or not, I'm going to let God sort that out. Yeah. If you have a question for Dr. Mark Muska, please send it over. I know you've got one, 877-933-2484, 877-933-2484. Quick question before we end this uh, portion of the, sh- of the uh, hour, because we have a full hour ahead with Dr. Mark Muska. So, Plenty of time for your questions, so send them over. Uh, Jesus said to his uh, disciples, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. And he also said to Nicodemus, marvel not when I say you must be born again. Is that clearly two sides of a coin? Because sometimes I'm hearing today people say, you just got to follow Jesus. Well, all right, how do you do that if you've not been born again? Yeah, and that's that's really good because you can say in a sense in John 3 there that Nicodemus is starting to follow Jesus. He's impressed. Oh, yeah. He's, he's seen what Jesus does. I love what he says right out of the bat there, although the first two words get him in trouble when he says to Jesus, we know that you must have come from God because no one could do the things that you do if God was not <laughs> with him. Yeah. You know? and, it's, and it's like Jesus says to him, really, we know that. Huh? You got that down. Let, let me talk to you. Unless you're born again, you, don't, you can't even see the kingdom. You're not in the kingdom. And so he rebukes him a little bit. But this idea of following 
Jesus, I'm thankful that the rest of the Bible helps us to understand what that is. And we've even talked about it already here in this last half hour. It means that we come to a decision point where we decide we are going to depend on Jesus to forgive our sins and give us peace with God. And I'm not going to trust my church attendance and all this other stuff. I love putting it in the negative, Bill. You've heard me say it many times, that if Jesus' death on the cross doesn't forgive my sin, I'm toast. You're completely toast. I have no hope. So that has to happen. And then to follow Jesus, it's much like what we talked in Romans 6 there, and Romans 12 brings it out as well. Uh, Paul says to those who've put their faith in the gospel already in Romans 12.1, he says, I urge you, therefore, brothers— he talks about you know his believing brothers to present your body as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. And what is that? It's that Romans 6 thing. Present the members of your body to God as instruments of righteousness. That's the way you live. That's the day-to-day now once you've put your faith in the gospel and depend on Jesus to be forgiven. Mm-hmm. So that all is... That all encapsulates following Jesus. Yeah. All right. Speaking of toast, Mark, a very cute story. My my niece's uh, daughter, who's, I don't know, three or so, four, she said she wants toast with butter she can see. Yeah. <laughs> you want enough butter so you can visibly see the butter on the toast. I think that's great. That makes me laugh. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So we're going to take a break. We come back. Lots more. Hour two is all with Dr. Mark Muska. Ask the professor. That's the program in the next hour. Let me know what your questions are. He will do his very best to answer them, 877-933-2484. And if you want to sign up to get our scripture email of the day, it'll help you spend time with God practicing his presence. Go to myfaithradio.com and you can sign up. You'll get a beautiful scripture graphic sent right to your inbox. All right, we'll be back with Mark in just a minute. Thanks for listening. Programming like this is made available through your support. Information available at MyFaithRadio.com.